What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. There's been a huge surge of high schoolers using e-cigarettes or vaping. There's breaking news in America's vaping crisis. Late today, a death was reported in Georgia. Vaping company Juul in some hot water after the Food and Drug Administration said the company illegally marketed its nicotine vaping devices as safe. Juul, the maker of e-cigarettes, just might be the most hated company in America right now. But before it became so big and before it became so controversial, Juul's co-founders talked about a lofty mission to get the world's one billion smokers to stop smoking. I would tell people, you know, anyone who would listen, 50 years from now, nobody's going to be smoking cigarettes. They're going to look back and think, oh my God, I can't believe people used to do that. And one scientist, Chen Weixing, was there in the startup's early years. And she helped invent the technology that later made Juul such a big hit. Now, as Juul faces a storm of government investigations and lawsuits, she thinks the answer to the industry's crisis is a somehow better safer e-cigarette. Today in the show, reporter Shelley Banjo and I visit this chemist's new startup, Miss Labs. I'm Aki Ito. You're listening to Decrypted. Stay with us. Hey, Shelly, how's it going? Good, how are you? It's good to see you in person. It's good to be here. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. So my name is Shelly Banjo, and I'm a tech reporter usually based out of Hong Kong, where I cover technology in Asia. I think you told me that this story started out as a tip that you got six months ago. That's right. I was having breakfast um, with a venture capitalist, and he was telling me about this hot new e-cigarette company that he was investing in. I thought I have to do a story on this. This uh, Chinese woman who was a scientist who was striking out on her own after working for Juul and really creating the e-cigarette, there's got to be a story there. So it took us a while to figure out a date that worked for everyone. But we finally got you out here to San Francisco. Um, I picked you up and we drove down to San Jose. Earlier, and I think we were just yeah. Hi, it's so nice to meet you. This is my colleague Aki. She's Hello. in charge of all the podcasts. Um, I figured we would just start with a little tour of mm-hmm. the yeah. area. Yeah, of course. Chen Wei first took us around the co-working space that they're in, and then to a very small lab, which is where she and just a few other scientists work out of. I think this is where they do their R and D, right? Right. They have about sixty employees, and most of them are in China. And the product was sitting on a shelf with some of their other competitors' products, too. They don't look as fancy as the other products uh, in the market. They are basically more mature, too. One is the space gray, and the other one's the silver. I don't remember the formal name then. But anyway. Moon silver. Yeah, moon silver. <laughs> yeah, so um, 
what's the reasoning there? We believe that e-cigarette as a whole is um, designed for um, adult and mature user, uh, smokers. And then we did notice that uh, many other products, they use uh, very fancy colors, um, you know, neon colors. And then also they add a lot of fancy uh, flavors that their user base is um, lower age, which is uh, what we really wanted to avoid. So like that bright blue one, for example, that one would be something that's a little flashier and something. Yeah, it is. User. There are actually a lot of other products that's even more flashier than this. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. definitely so, a theme she was yeah. trying to get across. Yeah, she was really hammering home, you know, this is for adults, this isn't for kids, we don't have the fruity flavors and the candy colors. This is really for people in their 40s who have been smoking for a really long time. Do you want to walk us through Chen Wei's bio? Sure. So Chen Wei grew up in China, and then she decided to follow in her parents' footsteps and move to the U.S. to do her uh, Ph.D. in uh, chemistry and chemical engineering. And she started at uh, Genentech and then went over to MAP Pharmaceuticals, which eventually was acquired by Allergan, the, the Botox maker. While she was there, she was working mostly on drugs that you inhale. So think of asthma inhalers. So she had really, you know, she was this very serious student that uh, translated into a serious scientist, uh, very goal-oriented and out of nowhere, she was cold called by this recruiter who was working for the company that developed Juul. So Juul's had a, a few names, uh, Plume, Pax Labs, now it's Juul. Just for the sake of simplicity, I'm just going to refer to them as, as Juul. Initially, um, I, have to, I had to admit that I'm not very familiar with this new company. So, so they were a strong team with mechanical engineering background and product design, but they didn't have anybody with chemistry training. Um, so, and that's why they had this opening. So she goes in, she says, okay, I have an open mind. I'm going to keep an open mind. I told specifically to the recruiter in the beginning that I was not a smoker and I don't plan to start smoking. Um, and then they said it's not a requirement, even though even though um, many of their team, um, they are smokers. When I actually went to interview, they were puffing on their uh, product back then. Um, it was not as annoying at all as um, somebody smoking next to you. She was one of those people that hated secondhand smoke. And... Um, she was pretty attracted to the mission, like the way they definitely sold it to her and the way they needed to to attract a scientist who had a pharma background that, you know, we're creating an alternative to cigarettes. This could be a way to get millions, or if not billion people off of combustible cigarettes. You know, so struck by the symbolism of her going from these inhalers that deliver medicine, right, to these inhalers that deliver nicotine. But she didn't seem to see that much of a distinction. No, she had this really straight-faced thing about her. It was very scientist-like, you know, very matter-of-fact. They did mention that some other um, healthcare professionals, they might be hesitant to, you know, do anything related, tobacco-related. But um, I actually hold different views on that. Because I think uh, being somebody develops medications, right, or drugs, it's actually to treat sickness. But uh, I do see um, smoking as a behavior causing a lot of um, health problem and then causing a lot of stress on public health space in general. 
she had spent all of her career up to that point working on curing illnesses. And she thought to herself, why am I curing illnesses? Why don't I stop the thing that's causing these illnesses in the first place, which were cigarettes? Okay, so in 2013, Chen Wei starts working at Juul. She really likes the fast pace. People are working around the clock. They're really excited about what they're doing. They're young. They, you know, there's beer and stuff at the office. And, um, you know, her job as a chemist is to make the liquid formulation that goes into the jewel pod. So basically figuring out how to deliver that kind of nicotine hit to give you that buzz in a few uh, in a few minutes. And so it's kind of the core of this product. And, and she does. She figures it out. She gets a patent. And um, it's a big accomplishment. Do you remember that moment when it worked for the first time? When those volunteers um, came to you and say that they haven't touched their cigarette pack for a while, mm. right? For say, um, from a pack a day down to maybe a pack a month, and then later to zero. And so, what you what you think when they told you that? Well, I, I do think that we have a great product, and we should let more people try it. And in June 2015, they decide to launch uh, the Jewel product. They get 400 people packed into this swanky Manhattan event hall. And there's models and there's music and it's really exciting. There's buildup and and then nothing happens. You know, like they don't make this big impact. Sales are not really booming or anything like that. And this is when Jewel's founders start thinking about marijuana. The recreational use is is not legal yet in California, but it's becoming clear that it will be. Uh, people have been using Jules products for for uh, smoking pot, and you know they clearly see that there's going to be a market there, a big market there, especially if pot gets legalized in certain cities around the country. And Chinway really disagrees with that. You know, she has these cultural hesitations. She comes from China where marijuana and pot use is not really accepted. Although there are quite many um, articles or uh, scientific publications talking about the benefit it could do to certain disease or symptoms, I still think the risk is a bit too high compared to the potential benefit it will have. So... I think, you know, as a scientist myself, I would have to be convinced to develop something. What were some of the risks that you were thinking about? Um, I, th- I think, unlike nicotine, um, it is still impacting your, your acute behavior at the moment. So I do worry more people get DUI once this is too convenient. I still see it may be a gateway drug. Uh, Of course, there's debate around it, but I mean, it's just my personal opinion. Based on that direction, she decides to quit in 2016 and uh, goes back to the pharma world. Fast forward a year or so, and Jewel becomes a huge hit, and Chen Wei starts to see it everywhere. Juul markets itself as an alternative to traditional cigarettes. Juul is everywhere, on city streets, in offices, even in classrooms. Everybody's vaping. Juul has become a verb. And, you know, she's really proud of what she's done and, and frankly surprised. She said that 
she expected it to be a hit, but not that much of a hit. She didn't think it was going to really revolutionize um, the industry as much as it did. And she starts getting calls from people, you know, old school cigarette companies, new startups uh, saying, hey, do you want to launch another product? Do you want to come work for us? And then she starts talking to her college friend, Thomas, who we met earlier. And he says, why are you going to go work for another company? Like, let's start our own company and let's start it in China. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. In the meantime, all these stories start coming out about Jewel, about how teens are starting to get addicted. And Jewel's really at the center of all this controversy. The Surgeon General, you know, the America's doctor, comes out and says, We must protect our nation's young people from a lifetime of nicotine addiction and associated problems. This is an epidemic. Vaping for teens has become an epidemic. We have been talking about this story all week because so many parents of teens are concerned about this. Let's talk about the teenage brain and how vaping affects it. Are teens more susceptible to addiction? Absolutely, they are. And we have to talk about But Chen Wei, you know, she presses ahead. They start this new company called Mist Labs. So um, in July 2019, they release two products, uh, one which is pretty much like a jewel product, which is called the P-Series, and one which is a G-Series, which is a disposable e-cigarette for one-time use. You know, as it got hot, it also got more controversial. What would you make of the controversy around, around Juul? They did make it very specific that it was for adult smoker, but it just because, you know, the, the marketing campaign uh, were on the social networks. And then um, young people are the major users on the social networks. So then they got exposed to the information, right? So it sounds like what you're saying is that you think Juul made a mistake in marketing on social networks like Instagram. And you think it also made a mistake in making it look appealing to young people. Is that right? I don't think they necessarily made the mistake. It was, to me, in my opinion, it was an accident. Because, you know, any new products, they all use social network channels. So, and then Jews' device, it's never colorful, right? It's also space gray. So I, I just think it is an unfortunate uh, accident. Um, and then they try to correct it once they see the problem. But were you upset? I mean, like, you spent this big part of your career to create this, you know, um, 
new device. Yeah. So like personally, like were you like, oh, you know, like I didn't want to do that. I think I'm upset in a way that now the whole focus on not just Juul, but also all e-cigarettes, right? The whole focus is on how it causes underage vaping problem. Mm -hmm. So there are a huge um, smoker community that they actually benefit from e-cigarettes, but they're kind of ignored. It's interesting because the way Chen Wei talks about her startup does seem to be very much in recognition of all of the criticism that's been lodged against Jewel. She talks about how Mist isn't going to sell any of these sweet dessert-like flavors. She talks about how they're designing it in this really understated way, in this mature way. But at the same time, she's completely unwilling to criticize Jewel. What'd you make of that? You know, I don't think that she sees it as her fault. You know, you would think you know, I created this monster of a product that has hooked a generation of kids on nicotine, addicted them. And she doesn't see that as, as something that she did. You know, in her mind, she sees uh, a product that she created to help people stop smoking. So I don't know if she really feels that sense of responsibility or anything like that. And it sounds like what she wants to do in future iterations of their product would further separate them from Juul. Yeah, so right now with the uh, current products that they uh, pushed out this summer, they're very similar to Juul. I think that they really tried to solve some of the low-hanging fruit problems like the colors, the fruity flavors, uh, things that they could address pretty quickly with the design. I think what she's really passionate about is the next iteration of these formulations, the chemical kind of formulations that would bring you the same kind of buzz, the same kind of nicotine hit, but with a lot less nicotine, and that way it wouldn't be as addictive as they currently are now. Of course, the latest development is the mysterious vaping-related lung disease that's killed more than 20 people and has made more than a thousand people sick. She seemed unfazed by all of that, too. What'd you make of her response? So clearly she had looked into it, but because it's inconclusive that she wouldn't kind of take a stand either way. And she did bring up that uh, one of the theories is that it has to do with THC and cannabis oils and, you know, really linking it to the marijuana that she's against in in the first place. Uh, but there wasn't any sense of remorse or worry or any of those kind of, you know, emotions that you'd expect to have from someone who's so close um, to the vaping industry. As we were wrapping up our interview, I asked Chen Wei if she could give us a product sample so I could compare it to Juul. I've smoked maybe twice in my life before, and I guess my question was, if I were to puff on Mist's e-cigarette, would I be less likely to want to do it again compared with puffing on a Juul e-cigarette? Since I'm a non-smoker, if yeah. I tried one of your e-cigarettes and if I tried a Juul e-cigarette, do you think I would find your product the most revolting? Um, I'm not sure. Palette, palette thing is just so you know individual, so personal. So I, I, I really don't know if I can comment. But we don't have a whole lot of dessert flavor, so you might find it gross. <laughs> <laughs> That night I went home and I looked up where I could buy a Julie cigarette. 
And then I popped into a 7-Eleven the next day to buy the device and also the flavor pod. Uh, I appropriately got carded. Um, and then they didn't have any of the fruity flavors, so I got the Virginia tobacco pod. And then Shelly, you and I walked outside to try it. My wife thought this was such a bad idea. <laughs> she tried to talk it out of it. Why? I think she was worried that it would get me addicted, you know? Oh, just one cut. Yeah. <laughs> First, I took out the sample we got from Miss Labs. It took us a minute to figure out how to set it up. Can I take this out? Okay. Uh, the other way, I think. This way? Yeah. I put in the Chinese tobacco flavor pod. Okay. All right. <laughs> what do I do? I think. Do I pull it? And then I... And you inhale? And I gave it a puff. <coughs> Was it gross? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not something that I would proactively do, I think. Should I try another one? <coughs> yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. All right, we can put the... <coughs> wow, that really hurts. It feels like there's small pieces of glass um, ripping out my throat. <laughs> That does not sound like something that I would want. <laughs> okay, all right, let's try the Juul one. And then I tried the Juul device with the Virginia tobacco flavor pod. This one had the same nicotine concentration as the Miss product, uh, 5% nicotine. Okay. All right. <coughs> that looked worse. Are you okay? Yeah. <coughs> Yeah, I mean, <coughs> they're both disgusting. Do you taste a difference? I don't know. I don't think so. They both both really hurt my throat. So, Shelly, I think we set out on this visit with quite a bit of skepticism that a different e-cigarette was, in fact, the answer to this current vaping crisis. What's your overall take? It seems just nuts right now it really to is. launch an e-cigarette company with this, like, regulatory tempest, you know, just kind of overtaking the industry. You have Jewel in the crosshairs. You have uh, the, the rest of the world regulators looking into it. You have all these kids that are smoking. It kind of seems like the whole world is against e-cigarettes. You know, why would you start an e-cigarette company right now? You know, I did find her very sincere, though, um, in her passion to get smokers to switch to I guess, like the lesser of two evils. And I was also really sympathetic to her argument that nicotine patches and nicotine gum just doesn't do enough for smokers to get them to switch. That's what I thought was one of the most in interesting things of, of everything that she had to say, which was that like, hey, we tried these patches and, these, and this gum and it didn't really work. People just didn't want it. They wanted that high. Going back to our puff test earlier, as a non-smoker, I did find Miss Lab's e-cigarettes uh, very gross and very painful. It made me never want to do it again. But I felt the exact same way about Juul, too. Um, equally gross, equally painful. And I guess even then, tons of non-smokers have gotten addicted through Juul. 
so I'm not sure that mist, at least in its current iteration, is making it any less likely for non-smokers to get hooked. I think the promise will come in its next iteration. If uh, the scientist, if Chen Wei is able to get the next breakthrough that she's hoping, which is to deliver the same kind of hit with a much lower nicotine dose that won't get people addicted. Uh, but it's also going to have to take some regulation. I mean, this was the Wild West for, for these companies. And so hopefully with more regulation, you know, you will have kind of these lines that you can stay in um, and, you know, come up with some, some more innovation, some more science behind it and, you know, create that e-cigarette that really does make people stop smoking regular cigarettes. Decrypted is produced by me, Aki Ito, Sean Wen, and Ethan Brooks. Ellen Hewitt contributed reporting. Our story editor is Anne Vandermeer. Francesca Levy is the head of Bloomberg Podcasts. We'll see you next week. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.